0: Welcome back to another episode of The Preacher and The Professor. I am Donna Petter.
1: And I am Tom Petter.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We just wanted to remind you why we're here. Our goal has been through these podcasts to impart uh, to others what has been imparted to us in two ways, by our mentors and by the Word of God. That's our goal in this podcast. Amen. So, back then, um, to the... Elephant in the room from podcast number seven, Tom.
1: Yeah, do you want to so, unpack that? Yeah, so we we talked about Priscilla and Aquila and the model that they are in the Book of Acts, and how even from a testimonial perspective, um, other people have have kind of uh, labeled this label to us, uh, to me and Donna, and 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 so they're the call to to teach, the, to proclaim the the gospel, we kind of focused on the proclamation of the gospel as as a uh, as an overarching mandate, calling uh, on on Donna's life, on my life. Yep. and yep, and because we take seriously the full counsel of God, all of it, Genesis to Revelation, uh, no canon within the canon here. It's all God's word. Uh now we come to first Timothy chapter two okay. and and uh we we just know that you know you have the testimony of of the scripture who that that affirm that some women are are teachers and and they prophetess in the Old Testament, Deborah, the daughters of Philip in acts um they, you know Huldah. In the Old Testament, uh, Phoebe. Uh, in the New, P- Paul has a whole list of co-workers uh, in Romans 16. So, so uh, Donna, kind of walk us through First Timothy 2 here in okay. 15 minutes.
0: Oh sure, <laughs> sure, sure. Let's let's first read the text and remind ourselves what text we're talking about. So it's First Timothy chapter two. And it says, uh, chapter 2, verse 12 and following, I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first and then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Yet she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. So that's a passage that is familiar to, to most people. But I wanted to just first say something about the pastorals in general, 1 Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy, and as well Titus. Uh, but we're thinking right here of Timothy. The letters in then in and of themselves are really concerned about sound doctrine because because t- Paul's passing on the baton to Timothy. And so under that rubric of sound doctrine, true, healthy, sound doctrine, then Paul addresses many topics uh, to, to yeah,
1: Timothy. Yeah, he addresses our proper leadership in, in chapter 3 of 1 Timothy. He, wealth management in chapter 6 of 1 Timothy. It's, he says people who have more than most in this world have to be generous, have to not put their trust trust and hope in their riches. Uh, So there's a a whole bunch of directives how to preserve and protect sound doctrine.
0: And especially conduct, one's conduct, godliness in the way one walks Mm -hmm. uh, with their faith to show their sincerity of their faith. So the pastorals deal with a lot of topics. But what I want to highlight as we kind of tackle in 15 minutes, as you said, 1 Timothy chapter 2, is that often this point is missed when discussing this passage. But the whole reason that Paul left Timothy in Ephesus, we learn from chapter 1 verse 3, is this. is As I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, remain in Ephesus so that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine in order to devote themselves to myths and, and endless genealogies. And this is important when it says certain persons who are not to teach any different doctrine, number 1. And then in verse 6, he says certain persons by swerving from the truth have wandered away into vain discussions. So right now it's very generic, Tom, about certain persons. Yeah. Okay. But then it becomes a little bit more specific because in verse 9 in verse 19 of chapter 1, he says, he names two individuals. First, there's certain persons, but now he says in verse uh, 19 that by holding faith in a good conscience, Timothy is supposed to uh, hold on to the scriptures, but by rejecting these things, some have made shipwreck of their faith. Among these are Hymenaeus and Alexander. And so what I want us to see is that First Timothy chapter One, but Paul's goal of leaving Timothy in Ephesus is to charge people not to teach false doctrine, and then the other thing to say I mean that's really critical, and then the third thing to say is the setting of of first Timothy chapter two itself is a probably a public worship service it was a prayer gathering, right we prayer know that gathering,
1: man have to lift holy, holy hands, hands which is a way of speaking, uh, placing holiness as a priority, women have to Dress with discretion. Yes. Um, and, and, and decorum. Decorum
0: right? is the word I'd like to say. There's a decorum that he's describing in the public worship service for both men and for women. Yeah. And so uh, I think if we understand then these three points that the pastorals are about sound doctrine, that the context of Timothy and Ephesus is to stop and to prohibit people from teaching false doctrine, and then if we understand the setting of 1 Timothy 2 is a worship service, that's going to help us zoom in now with some things that we want to highlight about this passage that says, I do not
1: permit a woman to teach. Yeah, and so obviously we cannot unpack all the issues, but I think what's important here is that there is a universality to the principle because Paul appeals to creation. Mm -hmm. When he he gives this prohibition for women not to teach or have authority over men, Mm -hmm. then he appeals to creation and he says... At the primacy of Adam and some people you know we're not going to go chase down every commentary here we don't have time but I think it's important to say that some people uh, kind of brush this almost like brush this off but yeah. there is a strong appeal Paul makes it it's very serious because he says there's a universal idea here and it's based on the primacy of Adam and of course. Here we're on very familiar territory because the primacy of Adam and then the tribal heads of Israel, the apostles, God the Father, mm-hmm, God mm-hmm, the Son, mm-hmm. the primacy of the imagery in God made in god's image of male Adam was created first, so he there's a universal principle of the primacy of Adam right right that becomes. But- The basis of the prohibition that Paul puts on women, on these women that are, they're not supposed to teach men because Adam was created first. And then he adds that Eve, it was Eve that was deceived first. So he's being faithful to the account account. in Genesis say, uh, Eve was deceived first and therefore women should not be teaching men. That seems to be very, very simple and very kind of clean cut across the board. But, but here is we want to do something very carefully. We don't want to create a canon within the canon. And we want to remember that, yeah, you have this universal principle. But what about the prohibition? Is That's it, right. You have- what about this prohibition? Is it a universal across-the-board prohibition? I mean, the principle of the primacy of Adam, yes, no problem there. But the the actual prohibition is where really the sticky point is
0: because the testimony of Scripture says. Because what? of the
1: testimony of Scripture. What does the testimony of Scripture say? Yeah, I mean, you have you have women who teach you. They prophesy. There's a not the obviously we have to say this too. The the primary um, the 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 main the main witness. Is spiritual oversight, spiritual service is through men. You've got the apostles, you've got, it's undeniable. Having said that, you also have women who come along. And I think of, I know people have used Deborah, but it's important to remember that Deborah is the only one, she's a judge, Mm -hmm. but she's also a prophet. And only Samuel has that dual role. And like Samuel, it says very clearly, I double-checked before this podcast, uh, in Judges 4, it says all Israel goes to her for judgment. And uh, the people of Israel, it says. But this comes from the B'nai Israel language, Mm -hmm. the sons of Israel. So, So all these men leaders are going to Deborah for consultation. Spiritual and judgment, right? So we have to take the full counsel of Scripture here into consideration, which then kind of gives us pause in terms of creating absolutes that women cannot ever, ever teach, because that, that goes beyond the counsel of Scripture. But I would say what also falls far short of the counsel of Scripture is to just ignore First Timothy 2 and just kind of brush off I agree. the prohibition. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it means something. And at the end of the podcast, we're going to go back to what it actually means here. And it's a very serious application.
0: Yeah, so in principle, right, it, you know, the prohibition, uh, you can't take the prohibition across and apply it everywhere. Right. In principle, you would think so, but the testimony of Scripture then is leading us right. to to wrestle with yeah. this text. And I would just like to say something about wrestling with the text, uh, because when I did my bachelor's thesis at the University of the Nations, I did it under the supervision of one of my other very special mentors, Judy Smith. And I actually did it on First Timothy chapter two, verses one through fifteen. And the reason I chose to do my ma- my bachelor's thesis on this passage is because of what I said last week about the Priscilla and Aquila and the stirring in my heart and my very strong burning in my bones to proclaim the yeah. word of God. And I had to I had to wrestle with it and go deep in the scriptures, not. Yeah, d- d- right. Not to prove the burning in my bones was okay, but yes, I had to legitimize what I was doing because I knew, first of all, other people would be asking me about it. But more importantly, Tom, I had to resolve in my own heart that if I was going to proclaim the gospel, mm-hmm. then I needed to know that I was cleared to do it from yeah. not only First Timothy 2, but then the rest of the scripture. So my own wrestling with it and the supervision of Judy Smith just helped me understand my call. Um, on the broader scale. So I'm so grateful to Judy Smith for helping me yeah. get through that bachelor's thesis. Yeah. But
1: yeah, a- absolutely. And, and so we want to go back to taking the word of God seriously, what kind of prohibition are we talking about? Yeah. And, and it seems to me to go beyond, as I said earlier, the counsel of scripture. And I, I just came across this example, actually quite recently thinking about the song or the prayer actually of Hannah right. in first Samuel 2. and, and so this becomes part of the word of God, scripture, by a woman, right? And, and then this becomes quoted in Psalm 113, verse 7. So verse 8, he raises the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. That's um, 1 Samuel, chapter 2, verse 8, the song of Hannah, penned by a woman. So it becomes the scripture and then that woman, that the words of this woman are quoted in Psalm 113, verse 7. Mm. So clearly, Paul has to say something very firmly, strongly appealing to creation. But that prohibition cannot be an across-the-board universal no, prohibition. Right?
0: And, and th- we didn't say a whole lot of this, but there were some really strange teachings going on in Ephesus about women at yeah, the right. time. Right as well and so that is a very important part of right. this conversation
1: yeah and and i think that's a, that's a nice segue donna into the the context of ephesians and we don't want to place too much weight on you know the details of the historical context i mean as important as that is uh but but broadly speaking i think just speaking out of first timothy and second timothy the, the, the prevailing theme of addressing false teaching. That's right. We have. And, and I think this is where we can be on, on good footing because there seems to have been, from what Paul says about the deception of Eve, yes. there seems to have been this false teaching that somehow because you're a woman, you have a greater spirituality than men. I think broadly speaking, you can say that. We could go into the mystery religions of Ephesus, Artemis, and all that. And I'm sure that's all very valid. But from what we have in the text here, here. I, I think it's not a false assumption to say, I think some of these women thought that they were really super spiritual. Like there may be like mystics that have these revelations from God, and they know They know God. They have this direct line from God. It's not grounded in the scripture. It's not grounded in sound doctrine. And and so I think that this is where we probably have a a, a stronger sense of, of what's really going on.
0: Well, And that's why I said at the beginning that it's really important for us to understand why Paul left Timothy in Ephesus to charge certain persons not to teach that which is not according to the scriptures. And so it's those certain persons, in my opinion, keep getting further defined as the pastoral epistles unfold. And to name two men, so men are in that right. category, and so are women. They're yeah. nameless in chapter 2, but they are those that were deceived um, yeah. in a certain yeah. way. So we're, we're so then...
1: And so, uh, I, I think, too, um, very difficult text, too, because then he says, but women shall be saved through childbearing. And, and so clearly... Paul is after something here because surely he's not saying, no one would make that claim that Paul would say, oh, you have to be bearing children in order to obtain salvation. Salvation is a free gift from God by grace through faith. He's not saying that.
0: Which then gives us a clue that there's a lot more going on that we actually have, that that we can actually understand this side of the conversation.
1: Yeah, and I think... uh, uh, just to put sort of cards on the table in terms of the exegesis of that part, I think... Right, what's I,
0: exegesis, Tom?
1: The exegesis is the exposition of the text based on the original language, the grammatical historical methods. Okay, good to define terms here. So I think uh, the scholars who look at this text, some of them, and I think I agree with that, they go back to how Eve was the one that brought deception and sin into the world, and Adam too, Romans 5, Romans we know. Five. And, and so through Eve, the mother of all living, uh, you have the lineage of redemption. And this could be what Paul alludes to here. So he's, he's redeeming women, if you will. She was the first one, the, tran- the first transgressor, and then Adam as well. But then it's through the lineage of women that we have redemption. Okay, so now let's talk about the application.
0: Where does it leave women? And so I think yeah. that's a really important question. Um, and I, I, I want to say this because this I think is the main point. Then the takeaway, you know, uh, women—you can't teach, even if you're desirous of teaching, without understanding the scriptures and theology. You can't go, oh, I think this text means this, or I think this text means that. You can't trust that woman intuition thing. You better be taught by the scriptures and, and, and submit yourself, just like men, to the sound doctrine in the word. I think that is really important. So if you want to serve the church, if you want to proclaim the gospel, uh, women who want to teach, you better know the scriptures, because there is no better way to teach and to be informed than, of course, to know the scriptures. And, and even Lois and Eunice were, in fact, they were the mother and grandmother of Timothy. And it's amazing how in in. The pastoral epistles. How Paul has this prohibition against women. He names two women who didn't swear from the truth, who were not deceived, who were sincere in their faith, and who yeah. actually taught, you know, the scriptures Imparted. to to Timothy.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So I think there's a real
1: and uh, in, in the text of Second Timothy one five that where Paul talks about um, and the grandmother and the mother of Timothy, and also yeah. in 2 Timothy three fourteen that. You know, recalling, Timothy has to recall from whom he's learned it. And, you know, I think of Proverbs 1, listen to your father and your mother's instructions and teachings, right? And uh, Suzanne and Wesley. So it's not just women of scripture, but it's women of church history. And so clearly Paul is not shutting down women here, but he is contextualizing this in, in, in the setting of sound doctrine. And and also, I think, he's also warning and actually prohibiting women who think that because they're female, they have somehow enlightened spiritual powers. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. Right? Just
1: because they're women, they have this—they're closer to gods and they know things that guys will. I know there's a. We could go on about this how guys tend there. to be a little <laughs> clueless. <laughs> <laughs> we get that but here seriously though i mean it's a very serious prohibition that women can never think that somehow they have more enlightenment and more spiritual access to god just because they're females and i think that the goddess worship artemis probably had something to say but the application for today is 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 humility on the part of women that you're you you don't have an edge over the guys and... Absolutely. Don't. And you right, know, the, I, I think mean, the question, here I say this as a well, guy, but...
0: And, and, you know, the yeah. question of time, you know, I don't have time. Well, I don't know. I think of Timothy and his mom and his grandmother. Boy, they sure knew the scriptures. They had time to study the scriptures and to impart it to him. Um, I think that if someone is called by God to proclaim the gospel in a teaching capacity, then my, my strong encouragement is just to be you know, pouring over the scriptures and, and holding, you know, your understanding of the scriptures in accountability with others, you know, what have others learned about uh, the scriptures as well because we just can't go it alone. That's when you get into all kinds of problems, whether you're male or female.
1: Amen. And uh, it's an accountability system, isn't it? And so, Donna, for this week then, how do we close this podcast with the words, from 2nd Timothy in chapter 3.
0: Oh, and these are words that I will be proclaiming for quite a while. But as for you, our audience, whoever you might be, our encouragement is that you would continue in what you have learned and firmly believe because you know from whom you've learned it, so your mentors, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings.
1: Amen and Amen.